June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. The federal judge targeted by an assassin breaks her silence. I heard the sound of bullets and someone screaming, no! Her heartbreaking account of her son's murder at the hands of a madman. He took the shooter's first bullet directly to the chest. Then... Ellen under siege. Is Hollywood churning on the queen of nice? How this edgy interview with Dakota Johnson started the uproar. I didn't even know you liked me. <laughs> and coast-to-coast COVIDiot parties. Then shopping during the pandemic, but is it safe? Should you be using dressing rooms? They come out and they disinfect. How stores are using new technology to reassure customers. You would be a perfect size too. That's amazing. Then, how did this happen? You are seeing a few more boats than expected. The historic splashdown, surrounded by boat crashers. And the team lost in the woods for eight days. It's not no one was, was killing us. What we can all learn from her amazing story of survival. Plus, taking out the trash. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello and thanks for joining us. I'm Mary Calvi in today for Deborah, the federal judge whose son was killed and husband injured in what authorities call a targeted shooting is breaking her silence in a dramatic video. She calls the man who showed up at her door disguised as a FedEx delivery man a monster. Les Trent has details. The federal judge who was the target of a woman hating assassin is breaking her silence today. A madman who I believe was targeting me because of my position as a federal judge, came to my house. In a dramatic video posted on YouTube, Judge Esther Salas reveals details of the attack at her home two weeks ago that ended in the murder of her son, Daniel, and the wounding of her husband, Mark. She says she and Daniel were talking in the basement of her house in New Jersey when the doorbell rang. And Daniel said, Mom, let's keep talking. I love talking to you, Mom. And it was at that exact moment that the doorbell rang. And Daniel looked at me and said, who is that? At the door was Roy Den Hollander, a notorious men's rights lawyer with a history of filing frivolous lawsuits. He was disguised as a FedEx delivery man. When Daniel and his father opened the door, Den Hollander opened fire. Within seconds... I heard the sound of bullets and someone screaming, no. I later learned that um, this monster who had a FedEx package in his hand opened fire. But Daniel, being Daniel, 
protected his father. And he took the shooter's first bullet directly to the chest. Daniel, who had just turned 20, was killed. His father was hit three times but survived. He remains hospitalized. In her video message, Judge Salas says the killer kept a dossier on her family, listing her home address and even where they went to church. Now she's making a plea for judges' personal information to be kept private so that no one else has to endure the pain she and her husband are suffering. We are living every parent's worst nightmare, making preparations to bury, bury our only child, Daniel. The gunman was later found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. He is also being linked to the murder of a rival lawyer in California. There's been a wall of silence from Hollywood since allegations surfaced of a toxic work environment at the Ellen Show. But that's starting to change as a number of stars are beginning to speak out, saying Ellen isn't as nice as she appears on TV. Jim Murray has details. Are fellow celebrities turning on Ellen? The popular talk show host looked glum over the weekend as she stepped out with a friend in Santa Monica following more allegations that behind the scenes, she's really kind of mean. Back to the Future actress Leah Thompson added her voice to those claiming the so-called Queen of Nice is not what she seems. True story, it is, the former Dancing with the Stars contestant tweeted. She joins Everybody Loves Raymond actor Brad Garrett, who last week declared, sorry, but it comes from the top at the Ellen Show. No more than one who were treated horribly by her. Common knowledge. Ellen is supposed to return to the air for her 18th season on September 9th here at Warner Brothers Studios in Burbank. But rumors are swirling that Ellen is fed up and wants to call it quits. One top executive at the show is shooting down those reports saying, quote, nobody is going off the air. At Variety, we are hearing that Ellen is not going anywhere. In fact, she plans to address her staff very soon to say the show's not going anywhere and neither is she. The hashtag Replace Ellen is now going viral, with some suggesting comedians like Tiffany Haddish or Wanda Sykes. Wow. This 2019 interview with Fifty Shades of Grey actress Dakota Johnson is said to have opened the door to claims that Ellen is mean-spirited behind the scenes. Happy belated birthday. When was your birthday? It was October 4th. October 4th. And um, how was the party? I wasn't invited. Actually, no, that's not the truth, Ellen. You were invited. Last year, no, last time I was on the show, last year, you gave me a bunch of about not inviting you, but I didn't even know you wanted to be invited. Well, who doesn't want to be invited to a party? Well, I didn't even know you liked me. <laughs> the only big shot to come to Ellen's defense is music tycoon Scooter Braun, who manages Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber. People love to take shots. They love to see people fall. How quickly so many forget, Braun tweeted. Ellen is a kind, thoughtful, courageous human being who stands for what is right and highlights on her show the best of us. Can Ellen survive all of these bombshell allegations leveled against her show? She definitely has an uphill battle to climb, but she is such a success in the daytime space and she has such a large fan base globally that Ellen's not going anywhere and she definitely will be able to survive this. Our calls to the Ellen Show for comment were not returned. And now on to the COVID-19 pandemic. Images like this are proving many are still not taking social distancing seriously. They are being called COVID idiots for partying way too close for comfort. 
The so-called COVID-idiots are at it again. Hundreds of revelers crowded together at a dance party in Brooklyn. This really shouldn't be happening, LOL, writes the guy who shot the video. At least many of them are actually wearing masks. In Illinois, a thousand partygoers gathered for what was called the White Trash Bash. And look at this shocking image from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, packed shoulder to shoulder. Sleepaway camps are in jeopardy today after a major outbreak at a YMCA camp in Georgia. Things are going to be a little different. Even with strict rules in place, 260 campers and counselors have tested positive. Karen Jessup's two kids were there as day campers, but they tested negative. I was surprised. Um, I think we had all lived in a situation really since March where we had all been a contained unit, and I felt really safe sending my kids to this camp, and I felt that the Y did a great job. We asked Dr. Ashish Jha, director of the Harvard Health Institute, where did they go wrong? People just didn't follow basic guidelines. There was singing and chanting and screaming, things that we know spread the disease. Uh, there wasn't good ventilation. In a report by the CDC, the camp was criticized for not requiring the children to wear masks. Masks were only mandatory for the counselors. It's just a really good reminder, the study is, that kids are not immune from this disease. They can get infected. They can spread it to others. And so we've had some magical thinking that somehow uh, kids just aren't affected at all. We do know they're less likely to get sick. But beyond that, what we're finding over and over again, it's kids can get the infection and they can definitely spread it to others. And actress Lena Dunham, star of HBO's Girls, is the latest celebrity to go public with her battle with COVID-19. She says she was sick for a whole month with a migraine fatigue and a hacking cough. Now the well-meaning granny who inadvertently outed her own grandson to authorities. She posted this photo with a rave review of the bulletproof vest she bought him to wear to protest. Little did she know it would help police ID him as a suspect who threw an explosive device at a courthouse. It was one of the biggest explosions during weeks of violence in Portland. Now, an 18-year-old teenager has been charged with throwing the firebomb. And prosecutors say he was outed by his own grandma. Gabriel Agard Barry Hill's grandmother bought him a $26 vest to shield him from rubber bullets. She even posted this customer review praising the product. I got this from my grandson, who's a protester downtown, she posted. He uses it every night and says it does the job. But federal authorities took note of the photo and say they used grandma's post, along with surveillance video of the bombing, to identify the teen. Now he's facing 20 years in prison for arson if convicted. And get this, he's the same young man seen in this video trying to shield naked Athena from riot police. Grandma, a big supporter of President Trump, doesn't seem to regret turning in her son, even if it was inadvertent. She tweeted, note to grandson, if you think you're going to run around and bomb stuff, think again. The time has come for all your little friends to go down with the ship. Grandma. In another development, the passenger in this Jeep, which sent hundreds of Black Lives Matter protesters scattering, is speaking out today and says it was all a misunderstanding. Greg Goodenough says the driver was speeding away after the vehicle was pelted with projectiles. He says the protesters were never a target. These protesters then immediately started throwing projectiles at the Jeep as well as trying to get in front of the vehicle with bats to damage the vehicle. A gunman then approached the freeway and started firing seven rounds 
at the Jeep. We did not hit any protesters. The incident in Aurora, Colorado is the latest dangerous confrontation between frustrated drivers and protesters. One driver confronted protesters blocking a highway in Austin. I gotta go to work. I got bills. I got kids. Get the f out my way. Moments after he returned to his SUV, the protesters let him through. The others weren't so lucky. Unbelievable. And that Black Lives Matter painted outside Trump Tower in New York has been defaced again. This guy had about a minute to smear a lot of white paint before police intervened. It is the fourth time the mural has been defaced since it was painted on July 9th. The parents of the teen who was lost in the woods for eight long days are speaking with Inside Edition about the moment they learned she was alive. They spoke with Stephen Fabian. A young woman is smiling today after her miracle rescue. Were you fearing the worst? It's every parent's worst nightmare to have something like this happen, uh, you know, not knowing where your, where your kid is. 18-year-old Gia Fuda survived eight days in a dense forest east of Seattle. She was last seen on July 24th at a coffee shop. Her car was found abandoned on the side of the road out of gas. It's believed she went in search of a service station. Gia had her cell phone, but authorities say she was in a dead zone, and that made it impossible to track her signal. Ultimately, they found a trail of her clothes and even her shoes, which led them to a creek bed where they found Gia famished but alive. She had survived on eating berries and fresh water. She's doing pretty good. She's, um, you know, just getting a lot of rest and getting hydrated and just trying to, you know, process everything that happened. One lesson we can all learn from Gia's experience is what to do when the gas gauge gets close to empty. This is a message to other people to check your gas gauges. Actually, didn't the light come on? Well, yeah, the light came on, but you know, I looked at the trip meter and I know I can go, you know, 30, 35. She's trying to figure it out. Yeah. Like she, can, she likes to stretch it. Depending on the make of the car and your speed, you can get anywhere between 35 to 80 miles after the warning light comes on. Does she have any survivalist training? She does now. <laughs> Gia's parents say she wants to tell her own story after she recovers. It's one of the most heartbreaking stories we've brought you during the pandemic. A husband choosing to be with his dying wife no matter what the risks. Now this love story has its final chapter with no regrets. It was the video that moved all of us. A devoted husband bidding farewell to his wife of 30 years as she lay dying of COVID-19. I love you, sweetheart. I love you so much. Sam Reck was warned he was putting himself at risk, but nothing would deter him from saying goodbye to his wife, Joanne. You don't recognize me with all this junk on my face, but it is Sam. He was given PPE as he sat at her bedside at Lakeland Regional Health Medical Center in Florida, holding her hand one last time. Finally getting to hold, hold your hand after all these months. Feel me squeezing your hand? Squeezing your hand. Joanne smiled and squeezed Sam's hand back. Before she was stricken, Joanne would be taken to Sam's nursing home, where Sam spoke to her from the balcony. They were even dubbed Romeo and Juliet. Hi, dearie. Now, despite all the precautions, the worst fears have been realized. Just days after his last visit, Sam caught a fever. He tested positive for COVID-19. Over the weekend, Sam's family announced the heartbreaking news. He was gone. He died in the very same room Joanne died in just weeks ago. He knew 
that it was a dangerous for him to go in there, but it's he he could not live with himself not seeing her. I love you, sweetheart. And they're now together forever. We'll be back with more after this. Next. Shopping during the pandemic, but is it safe? Should you be using dressing rooms? They come out and they disinfect. How stores are using new technology to reassure customers. You would be a perfect size too. That's amazing. Then, how did this happen? You are seeing a few more boats than expected. The historic splashdown, surrounded by boat crashers. Plus, taking out the trash. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. Is it safe to go clothes shopping in the age of COVID-19? How do you know another shopper hasn't tried something on before you who was carrying the virus? Amber Cogliano with what's being done to keep you safe. Is it safe to try on clothes when you go shopping? At Bloomingdale's in New York, dressing rooms are closed and items are kept off the racks for at least 24 hours after a shopper tries them on and takes a pass. We're taking every precaution possible. At small boutiques like Vivaldi on Manhattan's Swanky Upper East Side, owner David Truggerman says his dressing rooms are still available, but with major changes. What if a customer wants to try something on? Well, we have four dressing rooms here. People come in, we put them in a dressing room, let them try on their clothes, okay. and they come out, and we disinfect, and we vacuum, wow. spray a little Lysol, close this dressing room. The next customer comes in, we'll use another dressing room, and we just alternate and try to make keep it as you know, safe as possible. But what if a shopper doesn't know she has COVID-19? Can he or she leave the virus behind after trying on clothes? We asked NYU professor Dr. Jack Caravanos, a leading expert on environmental health. So long as you're social distancing while shopping and wearing a face mask, there really is very little risk. If someone were to cough on this blouse, the particles are going to soak into the material and within a day, less than a day, they're going to be inactivated. So there really is no risk handling this. Cell phone apps that take your measurements from six feet away are an added measure of security. Okay. Scan you right now up and down, and it'll tell me all your height, weight, measurements, everything. What are they? Oh, you're coming out to be like a perfect size too. I like that app. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. It's estimated sales in U.S. clothing stores have dropped by over 50% compared to this time last year. Still to come, how did this happen? You are seeing a few more boats than expected. The historic splashdown, surrounded by boat crashers. Plus, taking out the trash. It's the SpaceX capsule swarmed by boaters who gatecrashed the historic moment. Greetings, Earthlings. You are seeing a few more boats than expected. A flotilla of private recreational crafts greeted the two astronauts who splashed into the Gulf of Mexico. Splashdown. The first splashdown in 45 years. The team's currently working uh, with a few private vessels uh, in the area, making sure that they get out of there. Look at all the private boats, more than 20 of them. One even flew a Trump campaign flag. As the spacecraft uh, was floating in the water for a period of time, as you saw, a lot of boats made a beeline. They were very interested. They wanted to get close to it. And we would encourage people next time not to get so close. The two astronauts dubbed the Space Dads are okay. Up next. 
guess who's doing the chores? Finally, check out this bear taking out the trash, standing upright just like a human. What was he after? Probably the leftover lasagna the Florida homeowner threw out the night before. And that's Inside Edition. I'm Mary Calvi in for Deborah Norville. We'll see you next time. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Spoiler alert, it's neither. At Happy Egg, we believe happiness of the hens is what actually came first, because without happy hens, there would be no such thing as happy eggs. You know, eggs with delicious orange yolks. Those come from hens who are raised the happy way on eight plus acres of family owned farms. Choose happy at happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg. This is Stephen Colbert here to talk to you about the Late Show Pod Show, which is our podcast of the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. I'm here with my producer, Becca. Becca, what can people expect on the podcast? The extended moments, for sure. For instance, if I'm talking to Tom Hanks for like 20 minutes, only 14 of that ever makes it to air because we just don't have time. And Tom's a jabberjaw. You know, he's a chatty Cathy. But it's all gold because it's Tom Hanks, and we put that on the podcast. We do. Yeah, that's value added. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Once upon a beat. Remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fuse, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the New Kids and Family Podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat.